0: Welcome back to That Football Stats podcast. You just heard Christmas noises. It is December already. I forgot just how much football is played in December. This week has been crazy. The, the the fixtures are amazing. Last night we saw United versus Chelsea. Massive, massive win for Manchester United. And I think pressure might shift from Ten Hag to Pochettino. We'll get into that in a moment. Aston Villa also beat Manchester City. And it wasn't close. A fantastic performance from Aston Villa. We will also get into that one, but... This episode is also going to contain some big injury news for one of the title challengers, which will mean they're forced into a January signing for sure. It is an ACL injury. We're also going to touch on French football where Alexander Lacazette is having a season to forget. Don't you love it when you do that? That was not an intentional rhyme, but I will take it from the Premier League, from around Europe as well, and give my thoughts on those games. So without Freddie ado, let's get into it. Manchester United beating Chelsea then, we'll start there. What have we learned about this Manchester United team after that performance? I think one thing that I noticed for sure is they're not done fighting yet. They are working for this manager and maybe he needed to shuffle the pack around and prove that he is the boss. And if you don't want to be here, if you're not intent on working for this team, Sancho Varane, potentially Rashford. It was a really open game, really exciting game for the neutral. It could have been 3-2 at half-time, to be honest. The thing that I take away from this for Chelsea is a couple of things. One, the pressure may shift from Ten Hag to Pochettino now. Eric Ten Hag, whilst the performances have not been there this season, they still get the results. Chelsea are not playing well and not winning games. Their home record this, this year is abysmal. And the second thing that brings me to that point for Chelsea... They cannot hit a barn door. Mudrick and, and Jackson last night. I mean, Jackson could have had a hat-trick, really. The header at the back post. Any Premier League striker worth the salt. Timo Pukki puts that in. Timo Pukki gets a hat-trick last night. And I tell you who also would have got a hat-trick. Ivan Tony. The difference in the Premier League. Sometimes you can see it. We say it's marginal, but those misses last night, another player in that situation. And for Mudrick, it's not just the misses. He's getting better. I'm not going to you know, discredit him. He is improving. But there's still key moments in games where you just think, oh, it was a simple pass and you've not done it, or it was a simple shot, or you know, you've got to get that shot on target at least. There was a moment where he goes through in the first half and there's a ball to, I think it might have been Cole Palmer, to the right of him, and he can't even make the pass. It's a simple through ball and Cole Palmer would have been in. And you're just thinking... If the roles were reversed, they might have had a better chance there. Mujic really needs to improve that side of his game still because they get into good areas. They broke on Manchester United in that first half quite a lot. I think the game was so open that both teams sort of came out for the second half and, and shored things up. I have no idea why James started on the bench. I know he got sent off, but is he that unfit, really? He didn't play in the previous game. You had Kukurela at right back. I mean... That should be explained, I feel, by Pochettino, because Rhys James, when he came on, he was all right, but he was a lot better than Kukarela was. Rhys James didn't have an easy time, though, up against Garnaccio, who is probably Man United's best player at the moment. On to the next game. I posted a TikTok saying that Unai Emery is going to have something up his sleeve. And boy, did he. What a performance from Aston Villa. Just two shots. Man City I'll say that again just two shots and I think they amassed zero xg or near zero xg after the 11th minute there was a, a double save from Emi Martinez from Haaland which was a key moment in the game but if we're being honest Aston Villa they were the only team that ever looked like winning that midfield quartet is amazing it is the most functional midfield I think certainly right up there in the premier league and if you look at the the stats goals scored games won they are right up there across the last 6 12 15 months Unai Emery has done one of the most difficult things look at the other managers look at where Aston Villa actually were he's got a good eye for talent he's got an incredible track record and he's dismissing a title charge after the game of course he's just you know taking the pressure off the players but when they play at home they are formidable they have scored so many goals. They could have scored another three last night. And I go back to those midfielders. They play a sort of box in midfield sometimes. And the the, the two holding, Louise and Kamara. And then you've got McGinn. And now Yori Tielemans coming into the mix, just controlling things. Ginn is the one that advances. Tielemans floats around and connects everything. And then Kamara and Louise between them. I mean, Kamara's the ball winner, but Louise is the the conductor of everything he controlled the game yesterday he is a special player and for sure i can see aston villa fielding some bids for him maybe even in january one from liverpool potential title rivals who knows liverpool reportedly interested and you can see why they bought endo but given his age he's not a long-term replacement quite a cheap fee relatively as well. Luis certainly wouldn't be cheap and I'm not even sure he would want to go. Certainly not in January. Emery is really good at building that sort of togetherness, the spirit. And you can see Villa going quite far in Europe as well. Emery, again, his record is fantastic. And I think if you give Emery the time and if you believe in what he's doing, you have to just give over trust, I think, to Emery as a player and as a club. PSG never did. Arsenal never really did. Arsenal never really had the faith that they had in 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 Arteta. There wasn't that connection with the certainly the British press, the media. The, you know, he was seen as sackable. Whereas Arteta, he's got the history of Arsenal. They give him the chance. But I do think it's something clubs should look at because if you give managers time, look what can happen. There would have been many owners of clubs that would have sacked Mikel Arteta during those turbulent times. Now on to Liverpool, and I mentioned that there is an injury there that is going to potentially have them looking around for players in January. And it is Joel Matip. He has done his ACL. Jürgen Klopp confirmed after their game. He's in the last year of his contract, so it is likely that he will never play again for Liverpool. He was coming to the end of his time. He has been an incredible servant for Liverpool. He's won absolutely everything with them since joining on a free as well. What a sign in. And I think they were ready to phase him out, bring in another young centre back into the team. Canate is obviously going to play when he's fit. He was a he was incredible last night. If you watch the highlights and if you look at his stats as well, the amount of duels won. I think he set records in that game last night. Uh, Kwanzaa as well, is it? The young lad coming through as well. Branthwaite, I've I've talked about that in in the past. Maybe they could go in for him. But will it make Liverpool go into the January transfer market? What do you think? Let us all know. Who do you think they should go and sign? The problem in January is that you're going to be paying a little bit more, aren't you, for that January tax. Now to France, and it is dark times for Lyon. It wasn't too long ago. They were in Champions League most years, pushing for top four in France, title charges some years as well. In fact the drop since last season has been quite dramatic when you look where they are they are 18th in Liga and they lost 3-0 again last night conceding for fun sacked their manager a week ago they've still not replaced him so it is dangerous dangerous territory you only have to look in the second division in France to see some of the big teams it's the same in Spain as well look in those in those divisions and you'll say wow bloody hell they were in Champions League or they were you know title winners in the past it's a trend as well in germany i think big teams covid hit you know maybe some of these teams got complacent in in the way they operate a lot of um data-driven teams have shot up the leagues across europe it's it's fascinating to see in real time because it just shows that you can get ahead working smarter and not just throwing money at everything So that was a little bit on the games that have just been. But now we look forward to the weekend, starting with Saturday the 9th. Let's take a look at some of the Premier League fixtures. And if you are listening to this podcast, you can view a video version on YouTube where I'm actually looking at the games right now visually. So I'll do my best to explain the stats through your ears, of course, as I always try to do. But if you do want to see the visuals, you want to see how I'm using uh, oddalerts.com, then you can do that by searching for oddalerts on YouTube. First up is Liverpool. They'll be delighted about that, won't they? Jurgen Klopp was uh, asked about the kickoff time yesterday after his win, and he got pretty grumpy pretty quickly. And what he said is pretty true, to be fair to him. They're going to get home and get to sleep about 1, 2 a.m. last night. They've got a train on Friday because they've got a game on Saturday against Crystal Palace. And I actually want to start by talking about Crystal Palace. They've won just 14% of home games, 27% of all games played. They've won once since the end of September, and that was against Burnley, fellow strugglers Burnley. And I think something in particular that really will not bode well for Roy Hodgson as the board and, 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 and the powers that be at Palace come to make a decision on his future is that during that spell of winless games they've played Everton they've played Luton lost to both of those teams they've played West Ham and they lost last night to Bournemouth 2-0 now Bournemouth are really turning the corner you can see the players growing in confidence for Palace I just think they need an injection of of something whether that comes in the form of signings in January or whether it comes soon in the form of a new manager slash coach but I mentioned in the last podcast I just can't get myself excited in any way, shape or form about watching Crystal Palace play. Sorry, Palace fans, but you know, let me know if you agree with me or disagree with me. As I also said on the last podcast, I would go for Graham Potter, try and get Hodgson working there in some capacity because he, he does have qualities. He is vastly experienced, there's no doubt about that, and he probably will keep Palace up if we're being honest. But this form isn't great. For Liverpool, it is still just one defeat this season, and that was away at Spurs. They've scored in every away game they've played, and actually BTTS has landed in every single game apart from that Sheffield United game, which is not a surprise given the form of Sheffield United before that. I'm going to go with an away win for this one. I think it's going to get worse before it gets better for Crystal Palace, and I think they will need a change of manager if it if it you know if it gets ugly there, then the crowd could really turn. The next game is Brighton Burnley, and I keep mentioning this on every podcast episode, pretty much, because it just keeps happening. Brighton and BTTS, it's a its a match made in heaven. Well, not if you're the manager to Zerbery. He'll be wishing for a clean sheet. They nearly got one, I guess, against Brentford. I say nearly because in the games before that, they conceded two against Forest, They conceded three to Chelsea and just one to Brentford. Can they keep a clean sheet in this one against Burnley? Burnley got that victory, didn't they? 5-0 against Sheffield United, but then they followed that up with a 1-0 defeat to Wolves where they didn't really, they just sort of reverted into the old Burnley, to be honest. Although Wolves is a very tough place to go, as we have seen this season, they're doing fantastic stuff at home given the the teams that they've faced so far. My prediction for this one on the Odd Alerts prediction ranking, I'm actually just going to go with a home victory because I think... It's quite likely that we see another blank from Burnley, so whilst Brighton do have this amazing record and they've got the potential to make it 16 out of 16 for BTTS, I am just going to go with the home victory. 1.6 points, that will get me. It was a defeat for Brentford, wasn't it? And they are away again at Sheffield United. It's a tough, tough ask, really, for those teams that have played an away game and now have to go and play away from home again. You've got some teams in this list like Manchester United who are hosting Bournemouth after hosting Chelsea last night. So it is a little bit easier, the, the fixture congestion for on some teams. But I guess what goes around comes around. You know, they might have two away games on the bounce come Boxing Day, come New Year's Eve slash day. Whichever way you look at it, there is so many games for these teams and players. And uh, Jurgen Klopp and other managers have, have mentioned the increase in injuries, be it ACL, be it hamstring injuries. There has been a ton of football with uh, everything that's gone on in the past year, the World Cup. Brentford, you could say, started the season with too many draws. Three in the first four games. They went on to draw four of the opening seven. But since that last draw on the 1st of October, they haven't drawn a single game. You would expect them to go there and uh, add to the misery on Sheffield United, who really need to start picking up points. You don't want to be adrift at Christmas. You just don't want to be adrift at any time. But... You never know it can happen in such a short space of time. And before you know it, you're five, eight points adrift and the confidence is gone. You've got tough games coming up. So a very, very important week or so. I'm going to go with a... I was going to go BTTS, but it's 1.66. I don't think that's worth it for the Predictions League. I'm going to go with an away win, 2.21. Brentford almost able to welcome back Ivan Tony, And what a difference he could make to their team, especially away from home. Forest away at Wolves on Saturday as well. And um, this is another one where you've got a team that was away and now they're away again. And um, they got pummeled, didn't they, Forrest? 5-0 away at Fulham. It is four defeats in a row. I said on the last podcast, you know, that I, th- I thought Steve Cooper had credit in the bank. And um, there was a lot on social media, even from Forest fans, sort of resigned to the the fact that he might not be there for this game or certainly he might be gone in the next week or two. Maybe they're in the process of looking at the candidates now they'll give him this game or rather he'll still be here for this game um, because he's better than nobody and that is certainly true and if this was a home game this is the thing with Forest, and it's been their problem. their crooks for the past 18 months. They are terrible away from home. And you can see they've only won one game. And weirdly, that was at Chelsea away. But apart from that, and if you, you can look back at the data for the last 12 months as well, this time last season, they were one of the worst teams in England away from home. They couldn't score. They were losing for fun. But when you look at their home form, they've lost two out of seven games. And it was the home form that kept them up last season. And it was the home form that had me saying, I think he has enough credit in the bank in the last podcast episode. And I still believe he does. But if they've got wind of a manager that is available, you know, a big, big biggish name in terms of Premier League quality that can come in. And I'm not dissing Steve Cooper there at all. But if there is somebody that is that next step up available then you probably do have to go with it. But this is going to be a tough game. We mentioned Wolves's home form before. Um, they are unbeaten in the last five games. And BTTS has landed in every game, apart from the last game that they played, which was against Burnley, who, as we mentioned before and many times this season, are not the most clinical of teams unless you're playing against Sheffield United. So BTTS could be a play here because I think Forrest, whether Steve Cooper is there or not, they're going to want to bounce back. And especially if Steve Cooper is there... Those players, I still think there's there's a connection between the manager. I don't think it's a case of he's lost the dressing room. They are a quite close-knit bunch. I know there was a large turnover of players last year, but you never get the feeling that they're not playing for the manager when you watch them. I think they've been unlucky with injuries as well. Alwini, is it down the middle? He's He's been out. He's He was a massive part of how they were playing at the start of the season. He was scoring goals. So BTTS is my play for that one on the Odd Alerts Predictions League. 1.9 points, that'll get me. Manchester United, Bournemouth. I covered Manchester United at the start of this podcast. Um, And Bournemouth, this isn't going to be an easy game, is it? It might be a a trickier game than Chelsea, given how Bournemouth are playing recently. We can see they are now unbeaten in four games, and they've lost one out of the last six games, and that was to Manchester City. 6-1, the Doku game. And, you know, BTTS everywhere you look in the Premier League, isn't it? If we look at the league stats a second, 60.81% of all games have seen BTTS landing. There has been a goal every 28 minutes. And there has been a goal in 97.97% of all games as well. So it's been an exciting league this year. Man United, Bournemouth, quick prediction for that one. I think this is a big test for Man United, not just because of Bournemouth's form, but because of how Man United played against Chelsea. They played really well. Luke Shaw coming in and, and just actually finding Hoyland, somebody to actually play forward quickly. It, it was you know refreshing to see for Man United, and I'm sure for Man United fans. This is big for United because one of the big complaints has been consistency. So if they were to play like that against Chelsea, and they still left gaps, there was was still space for Chelsea, of course, so they'll have to be careful, they'll have to tighten up. I don't think Amrabat is up to it at the moment. Certainly if Maynou can come back in, they might have a bit more control. No team had control of that game in the first half. Yes, Man United could have scored four, but Chelsea should have scored two or three as well. So they'll have to be careful. And it could be a pivotal game for Man United because that win yesterday when Ten Hag changed it around, Rashford was out, Anthony was in. Anthony's been poor, but last night he worked hard. Nacho looks like a, a new player for them, a new signing. He's probably the best player for Man United right now. Interestingly, Manchester United yet to draw this season, home or away. And uh, AFC Bournemouth, they've won the last couple of away games, Palace and Sheffield United, so not necessarily the trickiest games in the world but this turn of form for them uh, for AFC Bournemouth is quite remarkable and as I said before you can see the players growing in confidence what is my prediction for this one I'm going to go BTTS I don't think Man United are that solid at the back they do leave space if it's Dallow if it's Luke Shaw and they don't really have that holding midfielder when Casemiro is out to keep things tidy as I say Amrabat looks slow and off it still now I think the fixture of the day certainly in the Premier League is Aston Villa hosting Arsenal what a game Aston Villa have now won 7 out of 7. They're scoring for fun. They didn't just keep Man City quiet, they dominated that game and it will be so interesting to see how both of these teams set up on Saturday night. In terms of the performances midweek, you would would favour Aston Villa. Just in terms of the performances, Arsenal have relied on big moments uh, recently, narrow victories. Now that's perfectly fine, it's still a way to win. If they can keep Aston Villa quiet... That's the biggest task. That's what people are struggling to do, especially at home. Can you keep them quiet and then go about your business, Arsenal? Can you control this game, given the midfield of Aston Villa and how well they are playing? Unai Emery, of course, the added spice in this concoction is that he was, of course, Arsenal manager and was sacked and replaced by Mikel Arteta. Midweek, it was a 4-3 victory. Very, very late for Arsenal. Those are the type of performances, though. As many people have said after this game... Uh, that you look back on and think, yeah, it was moments like that that won us a league. And Declan Rice, what a player, proven his worth. You know, he doesn't need to, but he is anyway. Big moment against Manchester United, big moment against Luton. He will be remembered for these moments, especially if they do go on to win the league. And you do see a few people now saying that Arsenal are their favourites. What do you think? Let us all know in the comments who's going to win the league. Is it going to be Villa? I don't think they will, uh, but you never know. I I do have a lot of uh, love and respect for Unai Emery and what he's doing. It is an incredible achievement so far. 15 games in. So we are approaching the halfway mark. So that is Saturday's games. We're going to leave it there for this podcast episode. Please let me know what you think in the comments. If you want to see me tackle certain stats or do certain videos looking at certain stuff or whatever, just uh, leave any feedback you have. And if you're listening to this, have a look at YouTube because I put quite a bit more effort into the actual video side of it this week just to see if it makes any difference on YouTube with the retention and subscribers and whatnot. And the green screen is back out, so you can see me in a Christmas environment wearing a Christmas hat if you really want to see that kind of thing.